Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Show. And, of course, you can, you recognize my co-pilot, my, uh, uh, what do you call it, irregular, regular co-pilot, Bill Bender, who does such a great job for the sporting news. Uh, he's I'm catching him just before he goes out the door to to uh, head to the national championship game down in, down in Houston. But, uh, Bill, I just felt like, man uh, – we needed two Tim May shows uh, this week. I had Matt Wilhelm on earlier this week. Uh, Dyson, whatever you want to call it, Dyson is slicing what went wrong with Ohio State and what changes he sees may be coming. But let's talk about national championships, man. Uh, this is the last college football game of the year coming up. Uh, Michigan of the Big Ten versus Washington of the soon-to-be Big Ten, but of the going out the door of the of the uh, Pac-12. It is crazy, right? It could have been two future SEC opponents if Alabama and Texas had held sway, like a lot of people thought they would. Come to find out the two unbeatens in the national championship Final Four held sway and are going to play for the national championship. How fitting is this, Bill? Well, it's, you know, it all comes full circle. I mean, 10 years ago, it was Oregon and Ohio State, and now it's their two rivals. And uh, I see crazy, very- isn't it? Very similar theme going into this one, Tim, because Michigan, like Ohio State 10 years ago, finally conquered that Alabama thing. Um, We'll get into that game. The most stunning thing about that game, it starts with Michigan pushed Alabama around. You know, first time they've done that in a big game like that in a long time. They pushed Alabama around at the point of attack on both sides. Um, But, but, But Michigan had to score late to tie the game to go to overtime. So, they may have pushed them around, but Alabama was leading. You know what I mean? And uh, and Michigan right. got it done. So, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, in the special teams' mistakes, and they nearly choked that away on a p- fumbled punt in the final minute that could have been just total disaster. Oh, yeah. Um, so, aside from the special teams' disaster, they get it done, and then Washington obviously has to hold on late against – I really thought Texas was going to win that game. Uh, going into it, I missed both semifinals. I picked Alabama and Texas, Tim. So I don't know how much you want to talk to me, but you didn't. Uh, yeah, I think most people thought that was going to happen. But I kept saying I thought Washington could win. I thought Texas had the better team and would probably win. But I kept telling her by Michael Penix Jr. I voted; he was number one on my Heisman Trophy ballot for a reason, and everybody saw it the other night. But go ahead. Well, you saw him play against Ohio State a couple years ago. Yeah. He was flinging around the yard at, for Indiana, and he can play. And I think that's the X Factor Monday, and we can get into that, where um, 
if Michigan gives him time, they're in trouble. Yes. They'll throw it around. They're very, they're built very much like Ohio State was a couple years ago with CJ Stroud and those receivers. Now, I don't think they have quite as much talent, obviously, four and five star guys, but okay. I mean, Okunzi is the real deal. Uh, I mean, that wide receiver is fantastic. Go ahead now. Yeah, he is. And, and, then you got a 24 year old quarterback. So, yeah, yeah. They, they're going to be yeah. a challenge. Left-handed. <laughs> Michigan, it's, it's an all-in game because I don't know where their program's going to go from here, Tim. I don't know if Jim Harbaugh's going to go to the NFL. My hunch with nothing to back it up that it – I would say if you asked me that straight up, I'd say 50-50 and I'm leaning that he'll end up a Chargers or Raiders coach next year. I don't know what's going to happen with the NCAA. I know their schedule is murder next year. It's brutal. You look at it. They got yeah. Ohio State, Washington, Texas, USC. They're all on there. Yeah. Go card full. Um I don't want to call it a last stand, but this is – I was thinking about this when you asked me to come on. Doesn't it feel like they have one of those teams once a decade? Yes. You go back to 97, 06, 16. This is their once-in-a-decade team that, yeah, I think they're the best team in the country. We'll see if they can pull it off. Yeah, they weren't equipped in 2021 to win the national championship. They did They did get the monkey off their back with Ohio State. 2022, I mean, that's a – I mean – they, I really do believe they could play TCU 10 times, you know, that same team and beat them all 10 times from now, but they didn't th- that day and made all kinds of horrendous mistakes. And then right out of the gate the other day when when J.J. Uh, McCarthy rolled right and panicked and threw a pass right to an Alabama defender, boy, replay saved them there because, uh, you know, I just – well, that's the shakiest gun in the West there as they start that game. But then he settled down, and they settled down. But like I – I said everybody keeps talking about the way they shoved uh, the way they shoved Alabama around, but I keep reminding people Alabama was leading that game late in the fourth quarter, and Michigan scored to tie it up, and and then felt pretty good about what you're saying about the way they were shoving them around, and Blake ran Blake Corum twice, got a touchdown, won the game when Alabama, oh my goodness, still don't understand that fourth that that uh, fourth down call, the uh, the quarterback keeper is one of our. Uh, it was one of our two-point plays, uh, Nick Saban said, but uh, didn't understand that at all. But they they prevailed. Why would you? Why would they run right at the teeth of what Michigan has best? I think we could both agree that Michigan, the strength of their defense, is Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Chris Jenkins, those big guys in the middle, and most great defenses build from the middle. And how do you not give yourself a run-pass option in that situation? I I know a lot of people are blaming the low snap, Tim, but I would blame the play call more. He caught the snap. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, he didn't even bobble it. I mean, and then number two, what's funny is if you go back and watch it, like I know you have, his own man got shoved into the, into the seam there and tripped him. His own man tackled him the right tackle. So, uh, you know, it looked like that play was set up to run outside, basically a little uh, off tackle play. And I think he might've panicked a little when the, when, like you said, when the snap was a little bit wide, but, uh, Wow. I mean, that's, that's going to stick in, uh, that's going to stick in Nick Saban's crawl for a while, just like that uh, Pete Carroll call, right? With the Seattle Seahawks or well, whoever made that call. Yeah, well, I think it'll stick with them. Like, you know, when we talk about Ohio state playing Alabama all the way back 10 years ago, yeah, you know what the first thing Alabama thinks Alabama fans say, they said, why didn't Lane give uh Derrick Henry the ball? Yeah. You know, and, yes. and it's always something this, this Alabama team was nowhere near as talented as that team. Not with Amari Cooper and, I and agree. Henry. 
Yeah. Not even close on the offensive side. They had some guys on that secondary that are players, but I, I'm interested to see where Nick Saban goes from here. It's very rare that the SEC loses in these spots. I, You know, one takeaway, and, and your listeners might laugh at me, <laughs> one of my takeaways is these teams are lucky Georgia didn't get in the playoff. Because yes. I still feel like Georgia's better than everybody, even though they lost to Alabama. They had their chance. They lost. I get that. But, man, out, Georgia's home run swing feels like it would be overwhelming. But, yes. you know, you got to give Michigan and Washington credit. If this were the BCS era, these would be the two teams anyway. So I guess yeah. we got it right. I guess, you know, and Alabama and Texas won when they needed to, when they had to. But you know what? So did Florida State. That's a We already debated that, right? right. <laughs> yeah, we got into that one on the last oh, one. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's spinning it forward a little bit. You know, I, I'm going back and forth on this one, and I keep referencing that Ohio State-Alabama game 10 years ago because after Ohio State won that game, I, I didn't even look at the spread. I was like, they're going to crush Oregon. Yeah, I didn't take it. I'm getting that feeling about this one too. I could be wrong because Washington's pretty good. I just have a feeling Michigan's going to run all over them. Yeah, I just think I, what man, I, when you can throw the ball in, right. in the modern era, you've got a shot. Uh, Washington has three talented receivers, including a guy from my hometown, uh, Lufkin, Texas. He's playing for them, and uh, they, they have a shot because they can throw the ball and they can catch it. And Adunzi, man, he could play for anybody. I mean. You know, he's the best skill position player on the field, isn't he? Yes, yes. So definitely, they've got a shot. Uh, and defensively, they just make plays when they have to, man. And there's some, there's something to be said about that because Alabama didn't, you know, when it really had to, didn't make the plays. And uh, so we'll see where that goes. It's really funny though, too, Bill. The uh, CFP four team era started with Ohio State beating Alabama in a semifinal, and it is going to end with Michigan beating Alabama in a semifinal. The only two teams that have ever beaten Alabama in a semifinal. There's some symmetry there, isn't there? There is. And, and you know, one thing about these semifinals, and, and you and I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, that the last two years we had all these close games. We had TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia this year. I'm wondering, it's kind of like, this is really great. So yeah. why are we changing this again? I have no and, idea. And and that's the little bit of buyer's remorse that I think is going to happen. Now, most people argue more football is good, more teams is good, more opportunities great. Had the previous eight years not just been Alabama and Clemson every year and not had so many blowouts in the semifinals, I really think this format would have worked better and yeah. should work better. I'm actually not the biggest fan of expansion. I get it. But isn't this what it, this this format benefited the Ohio State's, Michigan's, Alabama's, and it yeah. should because that's what it's trying to get the best teams in here. Yeah, I was a fan of the BCS era of the top two teams, a hooker crook playing each <laughs> other, and uh, and as I looked at this, number one, I think it's fitting that Texas and Alabama, which were joined at the hip, you couldn't take one without the other, right? In the final college football playoff, uh, final four, that they both exit together before they get to the championship game. I think that's kind of fitting because I've told you before, I mean, uh, Florida State, you know, Florida State deserved right. to be – I mean, I'm not arguing it because I think Texas was a hell of a team, but you can make a case for Ohio State. They got beat by six, 
by Michigan, not 60 or 16. You know what I mean? Right on down the line. You right. can make all kinds of arguments. But now I'm really not a fan of the 12 team. I want it to be eight or 16, mainly eight, because that'll take care of, uh, you know, if you're at least not number eight, then you don't really have an argument, right? Uh, so that's where I thought they were going. But now the idea that s some team uh, could be two teams could end up playing four games in the postseason. They have no idea how that's going to affect these rosters and stuff and well, the yeah. intensity of the two games we just watched. It's going to be crazy. I mean, Washington, maybe without its its running back, Dylan Johnson, who got hurt you know, late in that game, that's a big blow for that team. You agree? Well, I agree, and I agree that we are ex – if you have a business and your business is on unstable ground, I don't think – I don't have a business degree, Tim, but you don't expand. And right now, college football, there are so many unstable things going on with everything you just mentioned, not to mention adding more games, kids getting hurt. The transfer portal calendar needs desperately fixed. You think about the other night, Quinn Ewers got beat up, and we were dangerously close to having him go out. Yep. Arch would have went in, which would have made headlines being the Manning, but Malik Murphy had already transferred. Yeah. To me, that that's preposterous. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that we – have the portal the way it is that we have NIL that we have just what you mentioned. I don't, even when teams go to 12, I still think we're going to have opt-outs from the playoff. I do too, buddy. I do and too. I don't like that at all. And I think that's something that's going to be very, especially when you're asking, let's use, let's use say a high state player. Let's just pick whoever next year, Sonny Styles, since he's from Pickerington. I know I'm, I'm picking on Sonny, but what what if Sonny was like, hey, I'm good. I'm not going to play in this playoff game. I'm not saying Sonny would ever do that. Um, in fact, I, I know he wouldn't. He's a Pickerington kid. He's going to play through it anyway. Oh, yeah. Him but, and Jack um, yeah, so just like Jack did, right? And But some kid will eventually opt out. Yeah. And it's going to – and it's going to – they'll look at this game and be like, well, I don't know if I want to play four games. I'm a first-round safety. It's going to yeah. happen. Uh, it's definitely going to happen. They did not look at that, you know, when they were – when they were eyeballing the riches that they could bring in the door. And what's, what's funny, Bill, uh, you got me on this track. So let's talk about it a little, just slightly. Uh, you know, they've, they've gone to this, this 12 team format. The first four games will be played on campuses of the higher seeds, but the next four are going to be played in the new year, six bowl games. And then the next two are going to be played in new year, six bowl games. Right. And then the championship game is going to be played uh, at whatever site uh, wins the bid for it, you know, uh, next year, I can't remember who got the first one, but anyway, uh, right. it's still about saving these big time bowl games. I mean, there were 70,000 people at Ohio state versus Missouri in the cotton bowl the other night, 10, 10,000 short of the listed capacity at Jerry world, AT&T stadium. And we all saw the abomination that was the orange bowl. Oh my goodness. And then, you know, the 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 Peach Bowl wasn't a whole lot better, the way uh, Ole Miss handled Penn State. And this is what's really funny too. Uh, you and I were talking before we got started here. In in some respects, for the Big Ten, thank goodness for Michigan, right? Because yeah. it's uh, it's next three teams: Iowa, uh, Iowa, Ohio State, and and Penn State fared quite poorly <laughs> in their. In their games, right? I mean, well, Iowa didn't even Wisconsin score. There. There's a big surprise, right? But go ahead. We'll lump Wisconsin on there against LSU. Yeah. Another blow for the Big Ten there. But 
You know, Ohio State, you raise a great point because Ohio State, Missouri, I always go back to that Notre Dame, Ohio State Fiesta Bowl with the split Laura Quinn jersey. Yeah. That was a bull game, even though they didn't make the national title. It was it was on when they played. All the studs played. It meant something to the schools. There was real consequences for the loser of oh, a game yeah. that wasn't a national championship game. So I'm not giving Ohio State a pass for the Missouri loss, but I'm just saying the value of that game has changed so tremendously that it's hard to go all in when you're like, well, our quarterback transferred, which is legal. Their best receiver, we weren't expecting him to play. They had some guys on the fence. I mean, the Georgia game also stuck at me a little bit because if you're Florida State and you're going to raise all these, you know, raise, you know what, that you didn't get in, and then you have 26 guys opt out, I'm almost wondering, and I don't know if you and I talked about it that way, if they were doing it to kind of just say, you know what, to the committee. Like, okay, if you're not going to put us in, we're not going to take this bull game seriously. And yeah. that's almost what it felt like. Yeah, it did feel like that. You know, in that 2015 Ohio State-Notre uh, Dame game uh, is a great example of what you were talking about. I mean, a lot of people, the opt-out idea, because Jalen Smith suffered a knee injury in that game. Remember when Taylor Decker kind of shoved him at the end of a play and Jalen Smith's, uh, you know, uh, draft stock plummeted. You know, right. so there are all kinds of all kinds of things that you can throw out there and go about and all this kind of stuff. All right, uh, let's, before you, uh, you get out of here, what are you most curious to learn uh, during interviews? You heard what J.J. Uh, McCarthy said about the sign stealing, that uh, Ohio State was legally stealing signs in 2019, stealing our signs in 2019-2020, which is pretty funny because they didn't play in 2020. Right. But uh, – so they had to re- retaliate and started, you know, I mean, it's just, he just stepped in a big mud puddle. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, it was unnecessary it, for him to bring that up, honestly. Exactly. Because, and number two, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. No, you no, go. No. Okay. But he stepped in a big mud puddle. And my, my point is if Michigan wins, there's still going to be mud on their shoes, isn't it? I mean, I'm just using that analogy now. Yeah. Uh no there's matter what happens, to, there's going to be mud on the, on the shoes of this 2023 team, isn't it? There's fallout coming. And I don't know if it means vacated. They were asked about vacated wins, and Jim Harbaugh said something to the effect of Rumorville. Um, it doesn't feel like how the Fab Five felt, because I'm old enough to remember the Fab Five. Good While team. that was going on, there was never this cloud around them until after. Yeah. And then once they got to the NBA, but I, I always said it didn't take away from the basketball we watched, but it certainly took away from their legacy. Yeah. Um, and they never won a national championship anyway. So yeah. for Michigan, for them to win a national championship here, I do I know if it'll be vacated down the line? No, I don't know. I know that the Jim Harbaugh thing is the most interesting piece to me because yeah. if he comes back, he's probably going to face more punishment. How much more punishment can you face? Um Oh, you can lose – You there's all kinds of things they can do. I mean, you lump these two things that they're being investigated for together, you know, the previous one where he missed the first three games of the year. Right. And the last one where he missed the last three games of the regular season. I mean, the guy that may be the national championship winning coach will not have coached on the sidelines in six of his team's games this year. That's – you know, any way you look at it, it's whatever. But it doesn't discount – 
that this is a hell of a football team. Agreed? Oh, their defense is good. Yeah. Their defense is legit. And, you know, it, that's when you go back to the Ohio State game. Ohio State's defense was legit this year. And yeah. that was that's what made that game fun. And I think it speaks to when I watched Ohio State-Michigan versus I watched Alabama-Michigan, I thought Ohio State matched up better. Like yeah. you said, I know Alabama I, – I realize that Alabama was winning in the game in the fourth quarter. I understand that. Yeah, but no, I know what you're saying, though. But you're I feel exactly like right. from an X's and O's standpoint, Ohio State matched up better with them, and a lot of the things Michigan did were special teams related. So yeah, that's great for the Big Ten and the future of the Big Ten. And that Washington and Oregon – I'm telling you what, Oregon, really good. They're going to be a problem for people when they come to the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, like, because, I po- yeah like, like I pointed out, though, about Michael Penix Jr., he didn't beat Oregon once. He and Washington beat them twice this year. This is right. a team, man. Sometimes teams are teams of destiny. We've seen it. You know, everybody st- they were talking about the close calls they had uh, getting to that game uh, the other day uh, on one of the uh, the next day morning shows on ESPN or whatever. And I'm, you know, whatever, almost unprecedented. I go, you don't remember the 2002 Ohio State football team? Has it been that long? Sure. You know what I mean? That was a team that could have lost four games minimum but found a way to win. That's all you got to do. And that team went 14-0, and 0, the first team in major college history to go 14-0. and 0. So, uh, you know, just when you want to go ahead and crown Michigan, don't sleep on Michael Penix Jr. and those wide receivers, I'm telling you. Hey, uh, real quick before we go, uh, I asked you a while ago, what's the one th- – what, what, I didn't get to let you answer. I kind of threw it out, out there to you to begin with. But what are you most curious about asking somebody in the next several days – on either Washington or Michigan that people could look for in the uh, sporting news? Well, we've got a plan of content coming through. I mean, we've, we've done all the stories about McCarthy and Penix. Um, I think the big question comes down to, and, and you're old enough to remember this, it, it, it all, these narratives come full circle. Michigan's last national title team in 1997, one of the best defenses we've ever seen, beat Ohio State 20-14, to 14, very similar setup to this year. And now they got to go play a Washington team with a hot quarterback that's going to go to the NFL, just like the 97 team did with Ryan Leaf. Um, So how do they go about doing that? That's something we'll write. We'll write about Rome. I think Rome's the closest thing to Marvin Harrison in the NFL draft. Those two are going to be making a lot of money catching passes at the next level. And, um, no, I've never been to Houston, Tim, so you're going to have to tell me where to go. Uh, I'm excited about that. I just got back from there, actually. Well, I got back from LaGrange, but my – my baby brother, who is 66 now, his birthday was on December 27th. Uh, he and his wife have a uh, have a high rise uh, apartment in the sky, so to speak, there in West Houston. But uh, dude, just number one barbecue, of course, brisket. Uh, but there, Houston is a is a stellar t- stellar place for dinners. But you know what? Just like the Cotton Bowl, man. The national championship people are going to feed you guys very well. You may you may not well, need to leave your hotel, but uh, but you know from a Washington side, real quick, who's somebody you haven't gotten to know very well that you're just curious about on that team? You know that uh, uh, maybe it's Michael Penix Jr. Right? I mean, this is a guy that shouldn't be there. This is a guy that should have quit football three or four years ago because of all those knee injuries. It and here he is, man. He's got a shot at it all. You know, uh, I remember him at Big Ten Media Day a couple years ago with Indiana. Yeah. And that's the wild part. I was thinking about that. I remember him in the suit, and we, I sat in that scrum for a while, and I think it didn't go his way that year. He had some injuries and those kind of things. Yeah. And then uh, he ends up 
transferring to Washington from there. You know, one kid to watch, he's on the other side of the ball, Braylon Trice. And one thing we pointed out about Washington before the season started was Braylon Trice was one of those kids that stayed in school. And edge rusher probably was going to get drafted comparable in some ways to JTT or JT for Ohio State. Um, Yeah, there you got it. I wasn't going to say it. I didn't want to touch it. Um, But um, yeah, I want to see because I think he's a key player on that side of the ball because if he gets there and lands some of that pressure, maybe they force Michigan into a couple mistakes. So he's one I'm curious. By the way, Tony Castricone, who calls Washington games, is a Oh, you grad like me. I think he's a year younger than me. So it'll be good to catch up with Tony. He's one of the best, um, really good kid. I believe he played quarterback at Delaware back in the day. And uh, yeah. so it'd be good to catch up with him. Very happy for him that he's been able to call this awesome season for the Huskies. Dude, I sent him, I was listening to the, uh, I was driving back from wherever it was. And I was listening to the first Oregon game when Washington won. And he's on the call. I can't remember the former player who's on there with him and stuff. And, and I, t- I texted him, man, great call. You know what I mean? Because obviously they won and stuff, but he was so fired up. And, boy, you listen to his call uh, at the end of the game, uh, Texas, uh, Texas uh, with Texas the other night. Same thing, man. He gets, he, But he's learned how to keep his voice under control when he goes high. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is well, key you, for a big-time uh, play-by-play well, guy. Well, you need to ask Tony next time you text him, and I'm going to tell him myself when I get out there, is when the WOUB – played the post in the last my senior year in the student newspaper versus student broadcaster football game. Uh, we all know who won that game. That's yeah. all I'll say. But no, it'll be good. Tony's a good one. He's one of the really good guys in the business. So Absolutely. that's something I'm looking forward to seeing him. Absolutely. Last thing before you go. I just wanted to get your take real quick, Bill, on uh, Ohio State uh, 3, M- Missouri 14. Not on that, but how much of a hit has Ohio State's rep taken nationally? You cover the national scene. Uh, based on, you know, what's gone on in December? Well, so we talked about the diminishing value of the bowl games, and I understand all that. Now, I think the pressure comes at the quarterback position, and rather or not they they dip into the portal. I don't know what to tell you about Devin Brown because I haven't seen him play. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you about Lincoln because it's you're throwing a kid in that hadn't had reps into an unenviable situation. And, and I didn't have a shot with the way the Ohio State offensive line was played. Didn't have a chance. Go ahead now. Well, wouldn't you rather, and in some ways, that may have factored into what kind of the complaint was, that why didn't you let these quarterbacks take some chances down the field and live with the results? But the offensive line play isn't there. Missouri was quick. Honestly, I think it's pretty easy for me to toss out the Missouri game because I feel like, had Kyle McCord still been there and Marvin Harrison plays, there's no Ohio State wins. Just yeah. my feeling. Yeah. Now, I could be wrong, but I think going into next year, the pressure points are the quarterback position. Uh, you know, hearing a mutual friend of ours, Josh Perry, talk a little bit about that culture word gets thrown around so much in college football. I don't think Ohio State has a culture problem. I think the identity sometimes gets not mistaken, you know, and I'll say it that way because when I watched Jim Trestle, Ohio State teams, I knew exactly what, what I was seeing. When I watched Urban teams, I knew they were coming for the big games. Urban was one of the best big game coaches the sports has ever seen. I think Ryan has to wear some of those things, and I'm not saying that in a critical way. There's a lot of pressure to this job. I don't think Ryan Day's program has a problem, but I do think the pressure of the Michigan thing 
and the pool game, we you've you've covered this beat longer than I have, yeah. uh, Tim. You you know where that can lead uh, because it can get real toxic real quick. But if Ohio State goes twelve and zero, wins the Big Ten next year, and their schedule's fairly favorable, um, we won't be talking about that Missouri bowl game ever again. I think it'll just be a blip. Yeah, it's just funny, man. How one play, Kamakori gets hit as he throws, throws the interception. We look like Ohio State had another Notre Dame thing going there, you know, at Michigan. And that's that, you know, and uh, how history, you know, continues on. You just don't know where history's going. But uh, Bill Bender, have a good time in Houston, my man. I mean, I know they treat you right down there. And uh, enjoy yourself. By the way, not a pick. Do you have a pick for me or do you just have a lean? Well, what's your lean on this one? I, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on this show, but I'm going to lean Michigan close at, if that game gets in the 30s, like the the mid 30s, they're going to have a problem because yeah. they'll get into like they don't want to get into the Texas Rose Bowl like Vincent or, or some of the outside whereas Ohio State when you get a game in the mid 30s, they're in their comfort zone. Yeah. So I think that's something to watch. I'm going to lean Michigan. I think Washington's going to have a hard time stopping the run game. Michigan's going to shorten the game and they just don't turn the ball over. Yeah. Oh, they had like they just don't make enough mistakes even when they played Ohio State they just didn't make those mistakes and I think that's going to be the difference in this game wouldn't be surprised if Washington beat them though because like you said Michael Penix could be his night and I wouldn't and that's been that veteran quarterback thing it could be his night so I'm going to lean Michigan with the understanding I know what podcast I'm on um but out Washington could absolutely win this game. And again, I missed both semifinals, so I wouldn't listen to me anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think I got one game right except uh except me saying I lean I was leaning toward Washington, but I still picked Texas because I just figured Texas had too much for Washington. But man, when when you got a championship on the line, strange things happen, both good and bad, right? And uh I think we saw that, right? Absolutely. And it, you know, it's it's this is a wild game and all the changes that are coming still pretty fun to get it on the field. Maybe one of these years, um, you know, with the 12 team playoff, I'm excited because yeah. there's going to be some changes, but I still will. Like I said, th- this 14 format was fine. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. It was good. It allowed a lot of things for me. A lot of championship games I've been to. I think this first one I've been at, I, I somehow missed Ohio State's two one because of COVID. So it's the first time I'll, I'll see a Big Ten team in the championship game, and who knows what that means. I have no impact on the game. All I do is write about it. Ladies and gentlemen, the gospel from Bill Bender. I appreciate you once again coming on the Tim May Show, flying co-pilot with expertise, a couple of loops in there, a couple <laughs> of barrel rolls. It doesn't get more exciting than that. But Bill Bender, once again, thanks for coming on the Tim May Show, my man. Hey, no problem. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you then.